Okay, if you could just give us a level check, that would be great. Do I say check one for four? Sorry. No, this is Lawson. I'm telling you, this is going to be the chillest thing that you've done. Oh, I messed it up. I'll, I'll do it again. No stress. Check one, two. Do I, do I like, is that of anything or just let it be? I'm Elizabeth Beisel, two-time Olympic medalist, and I'm jumping the press rope to take you inside the Athletes' Village, one of the most interesting and exclusive places at the 2020 Tokyo Olympic and Paralympic Games. We'll have unfiltered conversations with Olympic athletes from the ground about the daily experiences that make up a majority of the athlete life at the Games. After all, it isn't all nail-biting pressure and medal ceremonies. This podcast is presented by Nordatrack from iFit. You can hear us in the headphones, okay? Correct. Okay, we'll get started in three, two, one. What? What's up, Lawson? How's it going? Good, how are you? Yeah, doing well. What is your name and your sport? My name is Lawson Craddock. Uh, I'm competing in the, the road cycling, uh, in the road race, in the time trial. All right. Lawson, you are here in Tokyo. Welcome to the Olympic Games. You are known for some pretty funky kits that you wear when you race. I want to know what I'm going to be seeing when I watch you race on Mount Fuji Raceway. Uh-huh. Um, wow, I didn't know I had that kind of reputation, to be honest. <laughs> I, no, because every photo that I see you in, all of your kits are so bright, colorful, fun. Probably very pink. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love that. So, so what are you going to be wearing here in Tokyo? (laughs) Uh, no, I mean, I, I race for professionally for a team called EF education, uh, Nepo and, and they're definitely a, a team that is very out there with, with, you know, their style and their looks. And, uh, when I'm, I'm racing with them, yeah, the, the kids are very, very vibrant, uh, very pink, uh, a lot of just, uh, oomph, I would say. Uh, but yeah, here racing at the games, uh, you know, that, that discretion is up to, to USA cycling and, the and the Olympic committee, uh, committee for, for the U S. So our, our kids will be uh, pretty American. Um, they actually think they look really great. Uh, they're, they're, they're a pretty clean look, uh, pretty white and, and kind of incorporates all the, the stars and stripes of, uh, of the state. So I'm, I'm excited to be out there tomorrow repping the, uh, repping the Jersey. Is this probably going to be your favorite kit that you've ever raced in? Uh, I think it'd probably be one of the most memorable kits I'll ever race in. Uh, there, as you go through a career, there's definitely some, you know, some jerseys and stuff that you, you, you know, you don't wash and, you know, you leave the sweat, you leave the, uh, the blood, sweat and tears kind of just, uh, just nice snow soaking in there so you can smell them after about 10 years. Uh, um, mm, that uh, sounds amazing. Yeah. There, there's Listen, a couple is this that something are, you do normally? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I yeah, I, in my bedroom I, on our dresser, I've had a, you know, a kid that I raced the tour in, you know, set uh, probably three or four years ago and haven't washed once. And my wife just every, every time she walks by, she just has this, this, this you know, smells a stinch of it and just uh, a smell of disgust. But, you know, you can't wash it. It's a bad, <laughs> bad voodoo. Yeah, you're going to gonna get that. bad juju. Can you actually talk exactly. about, yeah, that 2018 Tour de France that you did was, unbelievable i mean first stage you fall hairline fracture on your collarbone but you were like i am not stopping i am finishing this thing i'm getting to paris and you did so by raising over two hundred thousand dollars easily over two hundred thousand dollars for your home velodrome 
in Houston. Can you talk about the mental toughness aspect of going through that? And does that help you here in Tokyo? Do you pull on that experience from 2018 here? Yeah, I can tell you that, you know, racing these days is, is really a ton easier when you're not, uh, when you don't have a, a fracture in your shoulder blade. Um, so yeah, but that, I mean, that was, that was an extremely, you know, challenging, challenging month, month of racing for me. The Tour de France is already the hardest, uh, endurance sporting event in the world. Um, and yeah, that year on, on stage one, I got off on, on a bad foot, uh, fracturing my, my scapula and then just kind of, yeah, pushing on, um, you know, and I, I think you touched on the mental aspect of it. And for me, that was, that was everything and, and getting me to getting me to the finish in Paris. Uh, we started a fundraiser for the Alcac Velodrome, which had been pretty, you know, heavily impacted by Hurricane Harvey the, the year before. And um, I started off, you know, thinking maybe raise a couple thousand bucks. And then I think you fast forward to the end and, and every day more and more do- donations were coming in. And, and we ended up raising, was, I think the number was actually around $380,000, um, which was spectacular. That's, that's <laughs> so unreal. It, that's yeah, nuts. Everything. Yeah. It's, it's been incredible. Um, yeah. And, and ever since then it's, uh, you know, it's been pretty, pretty amazing too, just to see the, you know, the, you know, kind of every, everyone stepping up to the plate and, and helping out for a cause that's, that is bigger than sports. So, um, opened my eyes definitely, uh, that month in, in France. Yeah. It, it's cool too, that you're using your platform. You know, you knew you weren't going to win the tour de France. You're like, you're injured. There's photos of you with blood all over your face. Like you knew that wasn't in the cards, but you still made the best of that scenario. And I think that's just a testament to you and who you are as an athlete and a representative for the United States at the Olympic games. And, you know, when you're preparing for such a grueling race, like the ones that you do, how do you prepare mentally? Like physically, we know you're, you're biking hours a day. You're putting months of works, years of work in. What does the mental aspect of that training program look like for you? Yeah. I mean, I think most athletes, most, you know, professional athletes will, will all say the same thing that, you know, physically, you know, it'll only get you so far. And if you're not strong mentally and, and prepared to put the work in and, and not only put the work in, but, but suffer and, and, and push your body to, you know, pass the limits that you, you really thought you, you, you had, you're, you're not going to make it very far. Um, and that's one thing I, I've learned over the last, last decade of my decade of my career. And, and one thing that really, you know, the 2018 tour, tour de France really kind of handed into me is that, you know, if you mentally are prepared to, to push and, and to fight that, you know, you can really just make it through just about anything. And, and, you know, and, and maybe the success isn't what you, you know, really, um, it's not the same that you, you know, same goal that you, you sought after at the beginning, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you, you still can't have success and, and you can find it in, in a multitude of ways. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a great journey in my, in my career. And, uh, I'm, I'm fortunate that it's, it's brought me to this place and, and, you know, allowed me to compete in the, in the Olympics here in Tokyo and, and yeah, have a lot of things to be extremely thankful for. Let's let's talk here in Tokyo and how you got here, because when I travel, I normally don't have a road bike with me. So I'm not actually sure how that works, like the checking process. Are you worried about it getting damaged? Like, can you just walk me through the process of getting your bike here? 
Uh, logistically, it's a nightmare. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, we, I remember. I remember flying in and, and, you know, into Tokyo and you kind of, you're on the same flight with a bunch of other athletes. And, and I was on the same flight with a bunch of tennis players and they had their tennis racket, you know, and, and I'm sure they had their, their special shoes. And, and, and other than that, you know, that's, that's about all the equipment that they, they really bring. And okay. here I am, I had flying with two ma- massive bike bag, uh, bags and boxes, uh, a big suitcase full of clothing. Uh, and I also shipped two more bikes, uh, and, you know, two weeks ahead of time to, to get here. Uh, so it's incredible. And, and, you know, I'm here with four bikes. I'll, you know, luck, you know, if you're lucky, you only touch two. Um, but you, you know, you do have to have spare basically absolutely everything in the sport. Um, but it, it is a lot, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of work went into, you know, Ken Weptel, our logistics manager at USC cycling. And also, um, you know, when we do come in here, it's a lot of bikes to build. So we've had Kevin Grove, our mechanic, that's just been, been, you know, sleepless nights constantly ever since flying straight in from the Tour de France and, and getting all of us prepared. So it's, it's totally a team effort. Um, it's not just, you know, um, for us and, and the men's side, it's not just Brandon and I racing. It's, it's, you know, the directors and the mechanics and staff all just grinding to, to get us to the start line. Do you always travel with a mechanic or is that special uh, because we're here at the Olympics? Yeah. So normally when we're racing, uh, you know, I race, I said earlier with EF education first and, and yeah, we have a, I think we have probably 10 mechanics throughout the team. And so whenever we are at a race, we do have a mechanic, we have masseuses and, 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 and staff to help us. And, um, you know, whenever you do race with the national team, like here in, in Tokyo, it, it is a bit different because you're, you know, maybe you do 80 race days, uh, with your, with your team, but then you, you come here and you only race once or twice a year with the national team. So you're working with, uh, with different people, but usually cycling and, um, especially here at the Olympics, they've, they've, you know, accumulated a kind of an all-star, uh, group of, group of people to help support us. Does your bike have any custom paint on it? Like, is there a special body that you use here at the Olympics? Uh, unfortunately not. Um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, I'll, I'll be on my, my standard race, Cannondale. Um, and and I, I think for me, it is an incredibly beautiful bike. Uh, it's kind of uh, unique from a lot of different others. And uh, yeah, and, and not only does it look good, but I think it rides pretty fast as well. Yeah. So shifting gears, <laughs> no pun intended. Look at me go. Um, <laughs> on race day, it, it's been very hot here in Tokyo. Is that something you're concerned about? Is that something you prepared for coming here that where you trained in heat? You know, how are you feeling about that heading into the race? Yeah. I mean, I'm from Texas, so this isn't, uh, for me, this I mean, part like of the course just growing for you. up there. Yeah. yeah. This is actually, this is like a nice winter vacation for me. <laughs> wow. And um, it is hot. No, like, it, yeah. It is. No, it, it actually is. It is pretty toasty here. And, and the humidity is one thing that, that really gets you. We just took a quick walk around the, the village and um yeah you're just your back's all sweaty you just you got the pit stains and uh just you know trying to like keep your armpits closed as much as possible so you're not embarrassing yourself in front of the other athletes but um no it, it's definitely toasty here but there, there's definitely a lot of things that um you know us athletes do to help kind of prepare maybe get in the sauna uh simulate just being in the heat um you know working out indoors where there's no, uh, where there's no, no wind or anything, no airflow and, and, and stuff like that, but nothing really prepares you for hour six of, a of, a of a bike race where you've been just basically hustling and bustling for, for 
all day, it feels like. Yeah, it's kind of hard to to emulate just on an, any yeah. given day. Um, for you in the village, the cafeteria is massive. It's two floors. You're actually competing tomorrow. What are you eating tonight? What's that meal going to look like for you? Are you finding the foods that you normally want to eat the night before race day? How's that, how's that going for you? Yeah, I will eat everything tonight. <laughs> oh my we gosh, have, uh... tell us everything. What's, what are you going to put on your plate tonight? Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, uh, we, this is our first, this will be our first meal in the village. Uh, we've been staying in a remote village for the last, last week or so, uh, more centrally located for, for the cycling venues. Um, so, I mean, I'll be, I'll be a rook when I walk into the food hall for the first time tonight. Um, but I'm excited, you know, I'm excited to be here and, and see, see everything, see the village. And then, you know, you, you walk into the, into, into where everyone eats and it's kind of just a who's who of like, Oh my God, this guy does this, this guy does that. That's, that's amazing. So, um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll sure I'll be the guy with food splattered up and down his face, just shoveling carbs into his mouth constantly. But, um, I mean, I guess we're all doing the same thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lawson, big carbo load night for you. Good luck tomorrow. And we are cheering for you and, you know, best of luck moving forward here at these Tokyo games. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Do I, do I like, get out of anything or just let it be? This podcast is presented by NordaTrack from iFit.